Welcome to Scatterbrain Podcast, episode 32, the 1986 episode. Yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot this last week, and it really affected me. Has it affected you in the same way, kind of? Like, not just a bummer, but it's like, damn, he's so young. Yeah, you know, um, it's one of those things. I mean, I didn't didn't know the guy. Um, right. But kind of, kind of felt like I did, though. I don't know. I just get disappointed. You know, you have that in common with someone, and he's doing it and putting his all. And I've, seen, I've been lucky enough to see them perform two or three times. And it's always been a good show, and you want to when someone else gives it as much as you know Power Trip does on stage, and as he did on stage, it yeah. draws you in. Yeah, he was to whatever he was level great. that is, you know. He's a great front man, and and they always play perfect live as a band, and it's just we saw him at a little crappy crappy dive here in San Diego called Soma, and we uh, saw them the, there. We also saw them with Obituary and Exodus and at, Dust Bowl. Um, and Dust Bowl, yeah, that was at the Observatory. Right. That was a great show. That was a great show. And I but think the Soma, I saw them the again. Sucks, though, man. What's that? I said the Soma sucks, though. That place is terrible. Dude, I hate Soma. We'll cut this part out for sure. I hate Soma. <laughs> no, you don't have to cut it out. They, they stink. Uh, it's a, it's a, a theater, an old theater that they just took all the seats out, put a stage in, and then you just cram people in there to watch shows. And uh, in the, that exact theater where we saw them play was where I saw, back in 1987, I saw Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in that exact room. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie, Ian. Yeah, it's a great movie. But it trips me out. I've seen only two shows there. And it just trips me out when I'm standing there looking around like, I can't believe I was, I was in here watching a movie with a bunch of my friends. And a good movie, too, yeah. We saw Skeleton Witch there, too, right? With Black Dahlia Murder. Is that who we saw? Mm, yeah. Wait, it was. That's right. Yeah. That's a trip. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a terrible, terrible venue, but a good show yet again. Yeah. They've had Slayer there. I've seen Slayer there before, begrudgingly. I can't but, believe Slayer even played there. Yeah. Well, they played actually at the first, the first Soma was Killer, the one over there by USD, kind of yeah. by where the um, Ballast Point Brewery, like the, I, I don't I forget what, San Diego Homebrew Store or something. I forget what the name is over there. They started, and that's the same guys that started that, that started Ballast Point. And oh. I saw... There was the original Soma was over there, and it was a 21 and up venue. Or maybe it was 18 and up, but they served beer and stuff. And huh. um, that's where I saw Slayer. That's actually where I was introduced to System of a Down, and that was 1998. Wow. There, yeah, so that I got like a demo tape from them. Actually, I think I posted a picture of that on the Instagram. If not, I should dig it up and take a picture. It's like a tape, a promo tape hmm. of System of a Down, I think, on one side, and then Slayer, whatever they were pumping on the other side, you know? Yeah, I was. I never saw anything at that. I never went to that venue. So I'm surprised you lived down here. Yeah, but um, that wasn't really one that had a lot of metal shows. You know, there's only pretty much brick by brick has been the only constant. So brick by brick, best place. That's the best yeah, place. Definitely. Uh, we so, probably said that before, but that's definitely the best place in San Diego for sure. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, Tim. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we are gonna do something that I've been kind of pushing for for a while. Today's episode is going to be 1986, the year of metal. And why did I pick 1986? Because 
so many bands came out with not not their first album, but maybe one of their seminal albums or better albums, the, the ones that broke them through. Uh, you, you know, just it's so chock full of excellent albums, some shitty ones, too. But there's so many. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. In 86, I was was 10. I turned 10. So I was, I was younger than you. Still in your uh, Elvis stage. Dude, I've always been Elvis. I've been listening to Elvis since I was like two or three. I've, I've always loved Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no, at that point, at 10, I was listening to things like Def Leppard, a little bit like Judas Priest, ACDC. My, my uncles, my mom's brothers, um, were kind of like the old school hard rock guys, you know? So I remember my uncle, one of my uncles gave me my first metal tape, which was Megadeth. Um, wow. Peace Cells, I think it was, actually. Came out in 1986. Yeah. yeah. So th- that, and then... But they always would, you know, we'd drive around in their car doing stuff, going places, and they would always play Priest and Maiden and all that kind of stuff. So I always was aware of it, you know. But at that time, I was really listening to, like, Def Leppard and that kind of stuff. And I remember my aunt, uh, she asked me one time, what kind of music do you listen to, listen to now? I said, oh, I like Def Leppard and things. And she looked at me with, like... You know, my mind's eye, <laughs> this serious look like, whoa, you listen to that hard stuff, huh? <laughs> okay, right. So, you know, that, but that was kind of, that stuff really kind of got me on the path of metal, you know? And then by the time I was, that was like probably, how old are you? Like, what grade are you when you were 9, 10? Is that like 5th grade, 6th grade? Um, let's say I'm 29. Uh, geez. 6th grade, I was... Well, sixth grade, I was, it was 1980. <laughs> 1980, dude, I was in sixth grade. Crazy. I graduated in 87, so, yeah. Hmm. Well, anyways, at that time, I was listening to that. But then it was not shortly after that. My name was Megadeth and stuff like that. So quickly, I you know, upgraded to Metallica and eventually Slayer and all those things that were going on at that time. They were really but 86 was a good year. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, they consider like the first thrash metal albums to come out in 84, right? So, you know, like Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer. Those, that was like the beginning, the official beginning of thrash. Was 84? Was that when all those came out or was it a little earlier? Yeah. Didn't Kill, no. all come out, Kill Em All 83? No, they're all 84. It was released in 84. I don't know if they recorded it in 83, but yeah, no, they're all re- released in 84. Uh, Fistful of Metal and... Um, yeah, kill them all. And uh, what was the uh, what was the first Slayer one? Show no mercy, right? Yeah, show no mercy. And then two years later, though, I mean, the market is just saturated with metal, so they really kind of opened a floodgate. Shall I go through some of these real quick here, and then we can talk yeah. about? Them. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to necessarily do a whole album review. I mean, I think this stuff's no. all been rehashed and all that. And we no, no, we no. did like a top five, as you were saying. If we did a top five episode, it'd be the same as a thousand other metal podcast album yeah. reviews doing it. So well, I'm going to pick the five that I listened to the most that year, definitely. But just listen to this list. This is crazy. Slayer, Rain and Blood, Metallica, Master of Puppets, Megadeth, Peace Cells, But Who's Buying, Nuclear Assault, Game Over, and the Brain Death EP. Motorhead or Gasmatron, Cro-Mags, The Age of Coral, Hellstar, Remnants of War, Iron Maiden, Somewhere in Time, Ozzy Osbourne, The Ultimate Sin, Sepultura, Morbid Visions, uh, Queensryche, Rage for Order, Hollow's Eve, Death and Insanity, Sword, Metalized, oh, I love that album, Destruction, Eternally Devastation, Creator, Pleasure to Kill, Mortal Sin from Australia, uh, Mayhemic Destruction, Sirith Ungle, One Foot in Hell, Possessed, Beyond the Gates, I had that tape, Bad Brains, Eye Against Eye, Fate's Warning, Awaken the Guardian, Black Sabbath, Seven Star, Crimson Glory, self-titled, 
Loudness from Japan, um, Lightning Strikes, Sabotage, Fight for the Rock, Heretic, Torture Knows No Boundary EP. Oh, I thought they were going to blow up and they blew it. Uh, Griffin, Protectors of the Lair, an LA band no one's ever heard of. Fast Way, Trick or Treat, Hyrax, Hate, Fear, and Power, ACDC, Who Made Who, Lizzie Borden, The Murderous Metal Roadshow, and Menace to Society was the studio album. The Power Mad EP came out that year. Uh, Onslaught, The Force, Sodom, Obsessed by Cruelty, Dark Angel, Darkness Descends, Metal Church, The Dark, King Diamond, Fatal Portrait. Okay, I have to interrupt you right there. So actually, at that at that time, 86, I was listening to Metal Church, The Dark. That's actually oh, wow. a fantastic album to this day to me. Wow, okay. okay. Yeah, have you listened to that one? I have never listened to that. Let me, let me, I've only got a few more. Voivod, Roar, uh, Candlemass, Epicus, Dominicus, Metallicus. Never heard it. Sacrifice, Torment and Fire, Wasp, Inside the Electric Circus, except Russian Roulette or Roulette. I don't know how you say it. Uh, Crumb Suckers, they turned into propane later on. Uh, Life of Dreams. Angel Witch, Frontal Assault, Whiplash, Power and Pain, and Omen the Curse. Dude, that's a lot of bands that are still going even. That's crazy. That's a lot of music. So you said that uh, Crumb Suckers ended up becoming Propane? Crumb Suckers, uh, the bass player, singer, and the drummer uh, formed Propane in 1990. Uh, Propane's an they, interesting band. I like Propane. Uh, yeah, I first, do too. Their first album is still, I think, probably their best album. 1992, um, Foul Taste of Freedom. That's a great album. Yeah, that is killer. I like that one a lot. Listen to that one a lot, actually. <laughs> so we have to go back to this Metal Church thing. I never really liked Metal Church. I never listened to The Dark. Um, I know nothing about it, but um, you had that and you liked it, huh? Hell yeah, dude. You go back and listen to it now and listen to it with just... Just go listen to it. That one and then also... What was the other one? Um, I got to think here. Knock the cobwebs off. The Dark and Blessing in Disguise. That's another great album. By Metal Church? Yeah, by Metal Church. Actually, I would say Blessing in Disguise might be better. Let me, uh, let me look I real believe, quick. I believe that's the one I have heard. And um, yeah, I don't know what it is about it that I didn't like, but there was something about it I didn't like. Um, I think that one came out in 88 or 89, the one you're talking about, Blessing in Disguise. That's yeah, that I, did come later. Yeah. I have to say, I don't really like the newer stuff, but maybe it's just because that's what you know I was into at the time when I was 9, 10 years old, right? Right. But... Those two albums in particular. Of the ones that I listed just now, from Onslaught all the way down to Omen the Curse, these are the albums that I didn't, I never really listened to at the time. I'd never heard of the band or never heard of the album, just wasn't into it for whatever reason. But the first like two thirds or, or three fourths actually of these albums or albums that actually I owned, I owned the cassettes or the CDs, except for the ACDC Who Made Who. I thought that was kind of a kind of a crappy album, but you know. Um, but like even a Hyrax, you know, Hyrax, Hate, Fear, and Power, and Fastway, Trick or Treat, that was a terrible album, but I owned them. But man, I mean, Black Sabbath, Seven Star, that's actually a Tony Iommi uh, solo album. But um, the, the record label wanted to put Black Sabbath on there for, for sales. It totally doesn't sound like Black Sabbath at all. But I think of, of all of these albums that came out that year, I think I listened to um, Motorhead, Orgasmatron, absolutely more than any of these other albums that whole year probably every day for no no surprise to me probably yeah probably every day for three or four years actually after you probably listened to a lot of p-cells also didn't you not initially i did probably a year or two after it came out um nuclear assault game over well metallica master puppets and and rain and blood i played the shit out of when they first came out same with chromags the age of coral of course we've talked about that 
uh, Iron Maiden, Somewhere in Time, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, The Ultimate Sin. I played those. Oh, and Queen's Right, Rage for Order. I played those albums just absolutely way too much, more than anyone ever should, you know. So, but um, yeah, uh, it just goes on and on, dude. Oh, Fate's Warning, Awakening yeah. Guardian, dude. Fate's Warning, I love that album too. You mentioned Possessed Beyond the Gates. That's probably kind of like the beginning of death metal, right? I, th- I think it might be. It was, I think yeah. the guitar player was Larry Lalonde, who pl- ended up with Primus. I think that's I right. I don't know about that. Yeah, sure I think that. the guitar player, he's one of the guitar players in Possessed, the original version of Possessed. That was their first album, I believe. I have that too, actually. And he ended up playing with uh, with good old Gus in Primus. Yeah. Wow. Right on. That's pretty trippy, though, man. And Lizzie, oh, the Lizzie Board and Murderous Metal Roadshow, the live tape that they came out with that year. My friend Ron and I, we would play that like crazy too. It's like a total, a total like um, you know, ah kind of guy, you know, constantly. And uh, God, what a weird fucking dude. I wonder if they're even still around. I can't believe I used to listen to that so much too. Hellstar Remnants of War, I love that album too. Um, Bad Brains, Eye Against Eye, I played the shit out of that. I even played a lot of Crimson Glory. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard them. That was their debut album that year. Let me ask you this one. <clears throat> so you. Your top five would be what? Uh, Slayer, Rain and Blood, Metallica, Master of Puppets, Nuclear Assaults, Game Over, Megadeth, Peace Sells, But Who's Buying, and Motorhead, Orgasmatron would probably be my number one. Nice. That's pretty good. So in there, probably for me, you know, my favorite band probably is Slayer. Yep. And Rain and Blood is definitely one of those, like, iconic records, you know? So when you heard that particular album, what was your impression? What was your initial result? I mean, when I heard this, I was... Probably, yeah. Probably in reality, I would guess 11, maybe. I don't remember exactly when I heard Rain and Blood. Are you talking about Rain and Blood? Rain and Blood, yeah. But I remember just having, my, like, essentially my face ripped off. Right. <laughs> what was what was your impression when you heard that? You probably heard it earlier than I did. I Well, I had listened to um, Show No Mercy a lot. I mean, I played that constantly after it first came out in 84, right? I played it so much to the point where I actually felt kind of like I was sick of Slayer, believe it or not. And um, then Rain and Blood came out, and I actually didn't buy it myself initially because everybody I knew played it constantly. So that's how I heard it was, you know, going out to the canyons, to a party, to a keg show, you know, to a keg party or whatever. You know, everywhere I went, Rain and Blood pretty much was – and Master Puppets were the two albums that everyone was playing over and over and over. So that's how I know Rain and Blood. And I – I thought it was awesome. Obviously, it's it's not just like a it's not just like a groundbreaking album in metal, but it's it's you know in history in the history of music, it's definitely groundbreaking. That's how I feel about Master of Puppets. As much as I kind of loathe Metallica, you know, right now, that album though is pretty fucking good. Master of Puppets is is there's not a bad song on it. We're not going to nope. review it, but nope. that's nope. one of those iconic metal albums as well for sure. Leper of Messiah is still my favorite Metallica song. That's an awesome song. Nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Matt, Peace Cells I discovered maybe a year or so later, and it, I loved it right off the bat because I hadn't really listened to any Megadeth up to that point. So you, had, you had heard of Mustaine play, possibly? I mean, I don't, I don't know how early you were in on like the demos and all that stuff. You know, I didn't hear them until... No, didn't really know the whole story. I mean, I, stuff I'd read in Kerrang! or something about, you know, them giving him, a, you know, being in New York and giving him a ticket home to L.A., you know. And then he wasn't even on the album. I read stuff like that, you know, after I heard Kill 'Em All and before I'd even heard Megadeth, right? You know, so I knew that part of the story, but I'd never heard anything he did, no. 
Well, when you were when you were out partying in canyons and stuff, I was probably watching He-Man cartoons or playing GI Joes. Right. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I probably was too. But you know, you just don't talk about it. It's like in Spaceballs, <laughs> he barges in and he's like, "Did he's you like, see anything?" No, sir, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'd have my matchbox cars, you know, all the 18 years old, sticking all the tracks together with my matchbox cars down the hallway. Anyway. That's pretty funny. Anyway, yeah. So what um, What were your favorite five? Do you have a favorite five on this list? Not that you listen to them then because you're only 10, but. Sure. Um, if I had to say, definitely Slayer, Rain, and Blood. Yep. Um, Metallica, Master Puppets, of course. Um, I'll go with Peace Cells as well. That that's a, has a lot of, you know, really good stuff. Because I was just so, like, young at that time, you know, there's just, I don't know, so I could just sort of have my tried and trues. Like, a lot of this stuff I've heard now. Right. But at the time, I didn't really, like, bond with certain ones because that was just weren't, that was just not my time. True. Um, so, I you know, I would I would have to say maybe somewhere there would be, like, the Metal Church of the Dark just because I know that I liked that one at that time quite a bit and I could still listen to, to it today and enjoy it. Right. I don't know. Top four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess I would again if I kind of go with it from that thought process, then I would say Sepultura, Morbid Visions, just because you know I grew to like the Max era Sepultura. But right. I go back and listen to these now. This Nuclear Assault, you know, and all that stuff. I mean, that's killer, right? The Creator, Creator, Pleasure to Kill. That's that's killer too, you know. Yeah, that one I admittedly didn't listen to all that much till more recently, really. Mm-hmm. I think 1989 or 1990 was when I first discovered Creator, like, officially, with their second album, I believe, which is really good. But, yeah, and then, you know, I backtracked and listened to it, and it's a good album. But it wasn't something I was listening to at the time at all. Yeah. But most of these others, I was. Good stuff, man. I could throw a playlist of this on Shuffle at a party, and I'd be, I'd be stoked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even, I, I even owned Loudness, um, Lightning Strikes from 86, the, that Japanese band. That guitar player is so ripping good, right? Yeah, I love that album, too. The guitar player was so, like, this Eddie Van Halen rip-off guy. That if, you, if you've never heard Loudness, just go back and listen to it, just to listen to the guitar riffs. The guy is amazing, man. Uh, and Sabotage. I'm sorry, that's the band, band name, Loudness? Loudness. With an I'm going to look it up right now. Let's see. Sabotage came out with Fight for the Rock that year, and I love Sabotage. Uh, mm-hmm. the, first thing I, the first thing I heard from them was Power of the Night in 85, which is a fucking awesome album. And then they kind of took a nosedive with Fight for the Rock and kind of went almost like a radio sound or something. But nevertheless, we listened to that like crazy. I remember blasting that on our tape deck going down to La Jolla to hang out at the beach and drink beers. And when I saw that on the list, too, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I used to listen to that like crazy. Same with Sword, Metalized, a Canadian band. We love that band. Yeah, you're pretty. You're pretty into Hellstar. I know that. And they, oh, Hell- they put out that Remnants, at that time. Remnants of War is amazing. It's an amazing album. Yeah, I listened to that like crazy too. I just didn't really talk about it much because uh, I was going to get to that a little bit later. But yeah, Hellstar's Hellstar is pretty awesome. And that and their following album after that, their next three. Technically, let's see that one and. Nosferatu from 89 are the, are the really standout albums of theirs. Yeah, I listen to that a lot, too. I even listened to Ozzy, The Ultimate Sin quite a bit that year. And Iron Maiden, Somewhere in Time, I listened to a lot. Jeez. Yeah, that, that's it. that was about kind of where I started um, having friends that listened to that. When that out to Iron Maiden, when, when that album came out. You know, so my, you, like I said, my uncles were playing stuff like that for me, you know, before. So you did, so you did listen to some Iron Maiden and stuff back then? Yeah, a little bit. I just, um, I remember being just always enthralled by the bass. 
Yeah. I've always yeah. been drawn just to the rhythm section of, of music. Right. And, you know, I think, like, bass, and we talked about it, like, sometimes when you, there's a bass player that's that's doing great and kicking ass, you don't even notice them. Right. And, um, no, I've always just been drawn to that. So I remember really enjoying that aspect of it when my uncle would, would crank it up. You know, he I remember cruising in, in his, I don't know what year, but his El Camino, <laughs> and it had the little, like, graphic EQs and everything, and it was probably clocking in it, like, because, yeah, I remember he had, quote-unquote, an awesome amp, right? right? That's what my mind thinks. And I remember thinking, like, wow, 40 watts or whatever it was, because that's what it was <laughs> at the time. I mean, just at the time, that's what there was. I mean, I don't know if that was high end. Maybe it wasn't 40 watts. But you know what I mean? It was not not anything at all. But Is this the, the uncle that, that saw the UFO? No. Oh, different, different uncle. Yeah, okay. So yeah. one saw a UFO and the other one played guitar? No, just played metal. The two uncles were, <laughs> like, hard rock and metalhead guys. Right on. Yeah. Some of that classic classic stuff too, you know, like a uh, Mahogany Rush. Did you ever listen to that band? No, I yeah. can't say I have. Probably yeah. like, well, there's there was stuff that was released that year also. Like Van Halen came out with like Fifty One Fifty and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. This stuff was all before that. I think it was like that, like you know, like seventies acid rock kind of stuff, you know. Right. But just those, you know, that's the stuff I heard, and that's what kind of led me ultimately on the path to metal. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. I guess what led me to metal was when I first heard my stepdad played, well, I hate to say it now, but the Beatles. Eh. And uh, But then he introduced me to Jimi Hendrix, and then my brother was talking about ACDC at the time when he was at Harvey Mudd College, and I think I was 10 or 11, and then kind of started listening to that. And that kind of led into the whole Black Sabbath thing when a, a friend brought over a vinyl of, um, I believe it was Heaven and Hell, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. And I was like, ever since then, I've been just hooked on metal. Heaven and Hell. So that was a that was a Dio was singing on that, right? Yeah, 1980. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that was a good album. I like that one. So that actually probably was my introduction to metal as we know it today was when I heard that album. But before that, you know, AC/DC and, and Jimi Hendrix, I played quite a quite a bit as a you know way way preteen, you know, fifth yeah. grade. So yeah, like Back in Black, I think came out in 1980, and we listened to that like crazy. But, um, it's so funny how much how much um, metal draws on the different types of music. I remember I went to see Nile with Jim. We saw Nile and or was that with you? We went and no, saw Nile. Wasn't me. No, because it was it was Nile and I forget what other bands. Terrorizer. It was Terrorizer. I think it was the same oh, night that as Terrorizer. Was, oh shit! That was the the one. I, I think I was sick that night or something. I couldn't make it. I had tickets and everything, dude. I was so pissed. Yeah, I think that's. So was that Obituary as well? Was Obituary? Yeah, so Terrorizer, dude. Oh my really? god. Really? Still kicking myself. Oh, and 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 now was a now yeah was headliner yeah. Nile was amazing. I never really got into Nile. Me but I was just there and I just just the right time and just with the loudness and everything it was awesome and Ugh. I felt like I was there listening to it almost like classical music. It was a very strange experience I had in just drawing from those those types of progressions and stuff. I don't know. Ugh. Metal draws from all kinds of great things. I wanted to see Terrorizer so bad, dude. That drummer is amazing. Dude, their guitar player is fantastic. What's the guy's name? Fuck yeah! Oh, I don't remember his name. Uh, the remember bass his name. Player, bass player, singer is the newer guy. So he's kind of he's taken on the dual role of the older guy. You know, from the um, 1989 album, right? There was a it was a four piece. Now there's three. Yeah, is that World Downfall? When did that year? When did that come out? Uh, 1989. Yeah. Okay. 
that's a great album, man. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, so oh, Pete Sandoval on drums, right? Oh my God, I wanted to see him yeah. play. <laughs> but dude, this guy's tone was crushing. Like the guy that was playing guitar. It has to be. Oh my God, it was crushing, dude. And yeah. I, I, I had to actually look, look up what it was based off of pictures I took of him playing right. this stuff, and figured out it was this. It was a Framus Cobra. I think that was what amp he uses. What? And dude, it was. It sounded like. To me at that time, of course, it's all subjective. To me at that time, it sounded like what you would sound just like, you know, there's like a difference between like a produced album, like a produced guitar tone, and then like live, right? Yeah. This yeah. sounded like the best blend of it. It just sounded like, dude, this sounds so good. It just sounded so good. Like perfect. You know what I mean? The tone was just What was the name of the album? Or, what was the name of the amp? Framus, I think it was. Framus, and it was a Cobra. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I, I had to look at it based off of pictures that I took and then kind of like Google based off of what I could see or terrorizer pictures. And then I looked in and was able to I spent about 15 minutes trying to figure it out. Right. But it sounded fantastic. Did I send you any of, the, any of those videos I took? Oh, yeah, you did. You rubbed it in. Uh-huh. I wasn't trying to rub it in. I know, I know. <laughs> I was, so I woke up the next morning just like kicking myself like, fuck. So bummed. Yeah, that's happened more than once. I well, won't even talk about the other Skeleton other concerts. Skeleton Witch Show. That was the other yeah. one. And Hate Breed. Do you remember the Hate Breed one? That was just around the corner from my house. Dude, it was like in a little senior center right next to the police station. They were half touring with Metallica. Or not Metallica, Megadeth. They were touring with Mustaine. It was a half mile from my house. Yeah, and, yeah. and Mustaine, I think, got sick. They were supposed to play in TJ. God. I think at the time was MySpace or something like that. Inside the old library, which is yeah. Somewhere. Oh my and god! So I walked over because I lived kind of over there near you at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I remember texting like, Ian, you know, dude, I'm going, you know, I'm waiting. Like, what's going on? And you had, I think you were falling asleep, right? Something yeah. crazy. You were sick or something. Well, so it was spur of the moment. It wasn't like a planned show or anything. So I don't think I yeah. Got, I don't think I got the message till the next day. Yeah. But yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool to see those guys, you know, bands like that that I've I've seen on huge stages play That's right awesome. there. They didn't just bail out and they just like winged it and went to some place and just jammed anyway. Yeah. How many people were there? Must have been a pretty small show. I don't know, whatever the max capacity was. I mean, there, there were a lot of people, but it wasn't, I had no issue. I like just walked up to the front and watched them. It wasn't like I had any problem getting around, you know, eh, 100, 200 people maybe. It was, as you said, it was just this impromptu thing. I saw it, like I, th I said, I think it was in the days of MySpace, and I saw, hey, we're playing over, you know, here. Wow. Come play. <laughs> come, sh come show up. And it was, that, I, don't, I don't even know what it was, $12 that, or something. I mean, it was nothing. Only concert that has ever been done there. <laughs> that was a good one. It was a good time. Oh, man. Crazy. Well, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, live music. I miss live music. I can't wait until past all this bullshit and can go see some live shows it'll be interesting seeing live shows where everyone's six feet apart from each other wearing masks so let me ask you this i saw an article i think we may have talked about it on the podcast if not i think we talked about it when we were hanging out but there was this company that was i saw online was trying to market these little oh, no. helmets that you wear yeah. you like you read the venue like you know has them and buys them and then you yeah. rent them or you do whatever. yeah we talked about it you said there's like attachment for like vaping and shit yeah 
Would you go to a concert like that? <laughs> if everybody had to wear those, yeah. But if it yeah. was like me being a dork, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, you'd be standing next to me. I'd ask for two. So. <laughs> How do you drink a beer in those? Is it, do you lift a lid or something? Can you imagine there's a flap where you pour it? You have oh, a straw and it goes yeah. down. Like it, it goes into your mouth and you just pour it down the top. <laughs> it's probably one of those. Have you heard of those? I don't know what the, the, the brand name is called, Life Straw, but they're like these straws that you buy that you can drink out of like the salt water or like creek water and it just filters it through the straw. I wouldn't trust that. No, no, they're, they're like, they're proven. They're, they're, they're established technology. Never um, heard of something, yeah. They probably have something like that, right? You just stick that thing in there, psh, drink, your, <laughs> drink your beer through a uh, life straw so it has no taste. <laughs> It'd be awesome if they had one where you like, instead of like filtering water or whatever, it turns it into beer. So you have like little hops in there so you can drink water and you, you start drinking beer. Oh, that's too idealistic. Sorry, that was that was dumb. I can't believe you have a thing where you can actually vape though. And what what is the point? I mean, you can. I have no idea. I don't. So there would be like a, one straw that you could stick the vape pen in the side and then suck off that straw, and then maybe on the other side you could pour a beer and then suck off of that straw, right? And then maybe there's a straw coming down the middle that you can like lift your head a little bit and then like get some fresh air or something. <laughs> I have no idea. As long as it doesn't smell like some other dude's drunk breath. Oh, okay. <laughs> does it have like? Does it have like? Um, have you seen pictures of these things? No, not at all. It was just oh, something right. I'd read. I gotta look it up because I'm a long time ago. I'm curious if it's like an actual like helmet or just kind of a mask. If there's like a hood or something that goes over your shoulders, you know, to, to make everything airtight. Like I mean, a beekeeper helmet, exactly. like a deep sea dive helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. Who knows? If they make them so you can't see each other's face, then who cares? I'd wear it. Have like a you know the two-way mirrors or whatever. Oh yeah, it's weird, man. But I think if it, people, you know, I don't know. I used to be all weird at the beginning of this thing wearing masks when people weren't wearing masks, and then I was like, you know what? A lot there's a lot of people wearing masks now. Everyone wears masks, so it just is what it is, man. You know. You know what I realized at work though when I was wearing my mask the other day is I can like be stunned at someone's like you know doing something dumb or just like what what are you talking about and i realize my mouth is just gaping open as i'm looking at them like what the fuck but they can't tell they can't tell i know i've had funny observations where i'm having you know i'm talking to someone uh i don't say it's like a, a cashier at home depot or something right whatever it is i'm just out running errands and you're, you're saying stuff and you don't realize how much your your communication is nonverbal. like you say something and then like you realize like oh this person cannot see my face and all at all right now right <laughs> kind of funny right well yeah yeah and i've noticed some um, people are like you know at work they're like what what did you say i can't hear you so you realize that people look at your mouth a lot while you're talking so you have to really like speak crisply you know and, and enunciate you know what i mean yes. very loud because I was just saying something, I, I wasn't really mumbling, and my boss goes, "What? I can't hear you." And I was like, "Well, I'm I'm just talking, right?" So, yeah. So it's it's a different thing, but it made me feel a little bit more comfortable with the way I was like looking at people too. Is like, oh, I can do whatever I want with the bottom half of my face, you know? They can't tell. Yeah, you could be like a child and stick their tongue out your tongue out at them. Totally. When you don't like them. Yep, totally was doing that, and it's okay. <laughs> anyway, you. no harm, no foul. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up, bro. All right. Sounds good. And we'll see you on the next scatterbrained.
the uh, revisit 1986, the year of metal. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.